It turns out in order to unlock maximum performance from your mind and body, you need chaos, but a certain kind of chaos dealt with in the right way. We're gonna show you how to use chaos, stress, and overwhelm as a forcing function for elevated performance and cognition. Hey there, Rian Doris here, co-founder of the Flow Research Collective, along with New York Times bestselling author Stephen Kotler, and welcome to Flow State Unlocked, where we decode the neuroscience of flow states so that you can use these states of profound peak performance to sharpen your focus, triple your productivity, and reach your goals in record time. Now, your life likely oscillates between periods of high stimulation where you feel like you just can't keep up, there's an infinite amount to do, and then sometimes dips into these periods of flatness where you may feel a little bit isolated, uninspired, demotivated, or deflated. Well, what's happening here? And how do you stay in the sweet spot all the way through? As a teenager, pioneering psychologist Mihai Csikszentmihalyi and his family fled communist Hungary in 1949, making a harrowing journey across Europe before settling in the United States. The turmoil of war left a mark on Mihai. He decided he would study psychology. At the time, psychology focused more on treating dysfunction than optimizing human potential. Csikszentmihalyi felt driven to pioneer a more positive approach. The future direction of his field rested on the answer to a critical question, what makes life worth living? So Csikszentmihalyi spearheaded one of the largest psychological surveys at the time, interviewing a diverse range of individuals from Navajo sheep herders to factory workers to musicians and athletes. They all described a state where they felt and performed at their very best. Csikszentmihalyi then termed this state flow, where every action, movement, and thought follows inevitably from the previous one. Your whole being is involved and you're using your skills to the absolute utmost. Csikszentmihalyi discovered that flow didn't happen randomly. Rather, it had triggers that caused it to emerge reliably. There's a reason action sports like skiing and rock climbing have a reputation for driving people into flow state. These sports are loaded with what's called external flow triggers, things that happen to us in our external environment or outside of us, but that drive us into flow state on the inside. The flow triggers work by driving our attention into the present moment. This happens for several reasons, including increasing focusing neurochemicals like norepinephrine and dopamine. And these external flow triggers include high consequences, risk, novelty, complexity, and unpredictability. Risk or high consequences can be physical, social, or reputational. The looming threat of danger focuses the mind sharply on the present, making us conducive to flow. Novelty can come from information, people, tasks, hobbies, interests, or locations, the unfamiliar provokes curiosity and heightens awareness. Complexity can be in the environment or intellectual, professional, or interpersonal. The mental challenges engage your full cognitive capacity. Same with unpredictability. The inability to anticipate events demands complete singular concentration. Now let's contrast these flow triggers with something called VUCA. In the business world, VUCA, like a disease, is spreading like wildfire. VUCA refers to volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. You know how this goes. You spend weeks preparing a big presentation only for the CEO to change directions last minute based on some new competitive data. There goes all that work down the drain thanks to volatility. Or when IT upgrades the company's servers and suddenly the CRM crashes, your sales forecasts are thrown into disarray by the uncertainty. Or ever tried to get alignment between engineering and marketing on a product deadline, defining requirements gets endlessly complex between technical needs and promotional cycles. And how many times have you left a meeting more confused because of ambiguous, vague, or outright contradictory direction from leadership? Well, it's no wonder that VUCA is often referred to as a negative thing or as something that we've got to battle. You've probably heard it many times before. 
You've got to find out how to tolerate VUCA because the world is accelerating so fast. Workplaces are changing and levels of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity are making things increasingly difficult and overwhelming. And it's hard to keep pace. But is VUCA as bad as it's cracked out to be? Well, here's the crazy thing. Volatility means rapidly changing conditions, right? This sounds a whole lot like the external flow trigger, unpredictability. Both can drive your focus into the present. Then there's uncertainty, which is similar to the flow trigger risk and high consequences. Complexity maps precisely to the external flow trigger of the same name. And ambiguity shares similarities with the flow trigger novelty, which heightens our perception. That means that the symptoms of the VUCA disease are nearly identical to the neurochemical triggers for flow state. The question is, why would VUCA drive overwhelm in one instance, but drive flow in another? How could these things that journalists and professionals purport to be the primary drivers of overwhelm in the 21st century workplace be some of the biggest drivers of peak performance and flow state? Well, the reason is mismanaged arousal. VUCA overwhelms people when their overall arousal is mismanaged. If your immune system is high and you can do cold exposure, your immune system does even better. If your immune system is sick or low and you do cold exposure, it pushes you over the edge and you get sick. VUCA is similar. If your arousal is managed, it takes you to the next level. If it's mismanaged, VUCA tips you over the edge like the ice bath. How is this possible? You see, one of the most powerful flow triggers is what's called the challenge skills balance, which is so vital for driving us into flow state that it's often considered a precondition for flow sitting above all the other triggers. It's the meta trigger that mediates all of these external flow triggers and VUCA. To experience flow, the challenge of a task should be neither too high nor too low relative to an individual's skill level. If the challenge is too high, it can lead to anxiety and frustration, while if it's too low, it can result in boredom and apathy. And you can see how this breaks down on the screen here. In the bottom left of the challenge skills balance quadrant, you have low skill, low challenge, which leads to apathy. You just don't care. In the bottom right, with high skill and low challenge, you're bored. It's like playing basketball against your younger brother. In the top left, you have high challenge and low skill, which tilts you into overwhelm and anxiety. It's like being pushed down a steep and rocky hill on your bike the same day you had your training wheels removed. And in the top right quadrant, you have high skill and high challenge, the sweet spot for flow to emerge. Now the challenge skill balance mediates your arousal level on a micro scale specific to the task at hand, but on a macro level, there's what's called the Yerkes-Dodson law, which accounts for your overall arousal level across your life more broadly. And this law posits that performance increases with physiological or mental arousal, but only up to a point. When levels of arousal become too high, performance decreases. You can think of the Yerkes-Dodson law as the macro challenge skills balance, which means overwhelm isn't caused by a specific task. Rather, it's a function of the macro challenge skills balance of your life, your overall arousal level. And here's the key. If your capacity is properly managed, extra VUCA will drive you into flow and level up performance because it's so similar to the external flow triggers. That means with proper arousal management, you can turn what's overwhelming for most for the average knowledge worker into something that propels you as a workplace Olympian toward achieving your professional goals faster, under more pressure, chaos, complexity, and VUCA. Now, have you ever seen Silicon Valley in person? When I first went to Silicon Valley, I could not believe it. I was expecting endless skyscrapers, hovering trains, and tons of people everywhere. Considering all of the innovation that emerges out of it, Silicon Valley, to me, looks shockingly, surprisingly dull. It's got simple buildings, no skyscrapers, lots of space, 
and just a few people on the leafy green wooded streets. And although when I first went to Silicon Valley, I was shocked by this, it started to make sense. I realized that the reason Silicon Valley is so bland is because the people in those plain buildings operate under unfathomable VUCA conditions. Entrepreneurship is a professional endeavor rich in VUCA and external flow triggers, high consequences, risk, novelty, complexity, and unpredictability. How do entrepreneurs tolerate this level of VUCA? Well, it's simple. The best entrepreneurs are relentless about decreasing arousal in other areas of life. And this is the first step toward using VUCA to drive flow. Imagine life as a poker game. Your overall arousal level can be thought of as a stack of VUCA chips. The size of your stack is fixed. You only get so many chips per day. Each chip represents your capacity to handle volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. The more chips you bet, the more VUCA you take on, and the more you drive up your arousal level. You have to be strategic where you place bets. Each bet exposes you to risk and stress. The goal is to allocate chips to domains where the payoff of the risk and stress aligns with your biggest goals. Going all in on too many domains, professional, personal, relational, divides focus. You splash chips around reactively instead of concentrating them where they'll compound. Before long, you're overwhelmed and you're out of VUCA chips, unable to make further progress. Your tolerance for VUCA is diffuse instead of concentrated, so your arousal tilts toward overwhelm, but at the same time, you don't make any meaningful progress anywhere. This means the over-arousal is wasted instead of leveraging the external flow triggers to drive up peak performance. At the same time, if you bet too few chips, you leave opportunities untouched. Letting chips sit idle leads to boredom and apathy. So with that analogy in mind, here's how to play your VUCA chips so you can get into flow and reach your goals without losing it all to the house. The first step is to manage arousal through constants and variables. The key is you have to choose where your VUCA shows up. This means you have to be selective about where you play your VUCA chips. VUCA can't be everywhere. It doesn't work. It needs to be compartmentalized. If you've got a wildly boring day job, for example, you want to take on an exhilarating side project or hobby that contains volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, and the external flow triggers within it. But if you've got an incredibly complex day job or a big business goal that you're pursuing or a business you're trying to get off the ground, then you want to keep the rest of your life free from VUCA conditions. The ideal for peak performance and flow, if you have big professional goals, is to keep your personal VUCA low so that your professional VUCA can be high as you pursue those big goals. Minimize VUCA with your friends, family, finances, health, hobbies. If your arousal level is too high because of excessive personal VUCA, flow triggers will serve as VUCA that overwhelms you instead of as flow triggers that focus you, plunging you into the zone. Quick example from Steve Jobs that you may have heard. One small thing that Jobs did to manage VUCA was wearing the same outfit every day while he built one of the most technically complex and valuable companies the world has ever known. He knew how to handle overall arousal by removing uncertainty and ambiguity from certain choices in his personal life. This helped him take on huge amounts of ambiguity and uncertainty for 30 years with Apple. And while his clothing barely changed, his stock price at Apple changed tremendously. Michael Phelps did something similar. He stripped away variables by structuring his life around training, minimizing socializing, early bedtimes, a hyper-managed diet. By betting all of his VUCA chips on his athletic achievements, this monk-like focus allowed him to excel at swimming like no one before or since. So think of your life like a math equation, constants and variables. You only have capacity for so many variables. Like the VUCA chips, you have to decide where you allocate them. Do you want more variables in your personal life? 
limiting the amount that you can tolerate and hold in your professional life or vice versa. To expand professional VUCA and achieve more, convert some personal variables into constants. Sleep and wake at the same time daily. Pick one lunch spot. Stop traveling constantly and stay based in one location for longer. Stop dating or stay married. This conserves your VUCA chips and allows you to allocate them to the work complexity you're gonna to need to embrace and tackle to achieve big things. A simple rule to remember this is that your personal VUCA needs to be as small as your professional ambition is big. My partner, Stephen Kotler, has a story about compartmentalizing VUCA to manage his overall arousal. Stephen was living in LA, he owned too much stuff. He was working bars at night, traveling the world as an adventure journalist by day. He had volatility from the ever-changing social scene, complexity from juggling possessions and commitments, and uncertainty about where the next assignment would take him. This environment fueled too much VUCA in his personal life, which was sabotaging his ambitious goals as an author. So Stephen did something drastic. He moved to a remote area of New Mexico, slashing the volatility, complexity, uncertainty, and ambiguity from his personal life. Away from the constant social demands and travel disruptions, Stephen wrote over 10 best-selling books by dramatically reducing personal VUCA. He could handle huge amounts of it in his writing. He took VUCA out of an unproductive domain and re-infused it where it drove flow and optimal performance. Now, of course, you don't have to do anything as drastic as moving to compartmentalize VUCA, but for Steven, it helped. When I started my first business in LA, I ripped all the VUCA from my personal life to maximize it professionally. I got meal delivery to reduce uncertainty around food. I set a fixed routine for sleep and wake times. I cut out all social events on the weekdays. I leased an office near my home with everything set up and ready to go. Now you may be thinking, well, what about super successful people like Elon Musk? Doesn't he have high VUCA in both his personal and professional life? Well, if you read Walter Isaacson's new biography on Musk, you would see that he's successful despite the variables in his personal life, not because of them. Who knows how much faster we would get to Mars if Elon had more constants, more consistency, and less VUCA in his personal life. Too much personal volatility, complexity, uncertainty, or ambiguity cannibalizes professional focus. The second step here is to dial up VUCA if you're under-aroused. Sometimes you're under-aroused and tilting toward boredom or apathy. This also blocks you from flow and kills your performance. There's no risk, no novelty, only monotony. It's the classic white picket fence story where all of a sudden you don't feel alive. So you go do something crazy and unhealthy just to feel that sense of aliveness again. Too little VUCA and challenges can have just as much of an effect on your productivity and performance. If this is the case, the key is to embed and dial up the external flow triggers. High consequences, risk, novelty, complexity, and unpredictability in your environment. Now VUCA is unavoidable. The question is whether it overwhelms you or propels you. When your overall arousal is managed, volatility drives focus, uncertainty, sharpens instincts, complexity engages abilities, and ambiguity awakens creativity. VUCA becomes flow fuel. Rian here again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Flow State Unlocked. If you want to catch this episode with all the visuals and lots of fancy, beautiful animations that we put together so you can more deeply understand these concepts, then head over to our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com forward slash Rian Doris, and I'll see you there.